but one of my favorite songs is the one you make me brave i mean it stirs me for just it's it's like watching braveheart to me i don't know why or it's like uh the patriot and you know, if you remember in that movie at the at the very last battle the 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 british were coming down the field and there were just you're way outnumbered and they started to retreat the uh, the patriots the americans started to fall back and uh when mel gibson the character saw that everybody's going the wrong way he picked up the flag and ran the other way and ran into the battle. he went out into the waves and uh you can't do that without a foundation you can't you can't go out of the boat into the waves without that sure foundation you can't go into the senate or the house i can't imagine you can be in any elected office and pick buttons yes or no and vote without a foundation otherwise otherwise you're just tossed to and fro whatever way the wind's blowing and we watch this in our political arena all the time don't we whatever way culture's pushing whatever way the wind's blowing that seems to be what politicians tend to do and that's why we hold such disdain for the political process in general i mean i, I think who's frustrated with how politics works in america i mean i am i mean everybody is I th the voters as a whole it doesn't matter where on the political spectrum you land but people are frustrated and the reality is politicians are people pleasers instead of god pleasers and if, if they would just choose to honor God, things would look much different in our nation. And honestly, even though our culture's bit very um, pluralistic, I think's the word they used, there's a lot of viewpoints out there. Believe me, folks, there's, there's a whole lot. I mean, there's however many people in this room, that's how many viewpoints we have. But at least we come from a Christian worldview that honors God. And it refers to God. He is, like I spoke of, our foundation that we look to to make our decisions and guide our life. But if, if our politicians, if our political apparatus would work in that method, if they would choose to honor God instead of trying to please people, because you'll never please everybody, will you? I mean, if I, if I could please this half of the room, I guarantee I'd make this half of the room mad. Or, or vice versa and that's what happens every time I tell folks when I get up there and I vote and most people say that my green button doesn't work on my desk but when, and it doesn't actually if you came and sat at my desk you'd see it doesn't light up when you push it and uh, I think they did that on purpose but I do vote I do vote no more often than I vote yes but that's because they just keep putting forward bad ideas right you put forward the good ideas or let let good ideas come forward you're gonna see some green lights but when we make that decision, it's going to make some folks up, upset because something in their, their life or their worldview is not being met. But I promise you, if we, as a, as, a, as a family of God, as a nation, as political leaders, if we would choose to honor God first, wouldn't it go well with us? Isn't that what he says? And so how do we get a nation to turn back to that? Are we heading in that direction right now, folks? Are we heading a different way? I mean, right now, a very interesting case sits before the Supreme Court. Are y'all, y'all pay attention, y'all keep up with the Supreme Court docket? I know y'all do, raise your hands if you do. <laughs> Most folks don't, but there is a very interesting court, uh, court case, and the Supreme Court chooses, and I'm talking about the, the federal Supreme Court, the one in Washington with the nine justices, where 
nine people vote, they already figured out how eight of them are going to vote, so one person decides. Isn't that kind of odd? You know, the Bible warned us, God warned us about letting, choosing judges to be over us. He warned us about wanting a king. He said, really? This is the path you want to go? He says, we got it all worked out, you and me. Just, but you want a king, and now you judges, and just see where that gets us. So this particular case that's before the Supreme Court is going to be decided by one person. Justice Kennedy, he was actually appointed by Ronald Reagan. I don't know if many of you know that. Um, Ronald Reagan was a rather conservative fellow in a lot of ways. But um, he, he selected Justice Kennedy, and when you pick a Supreme Court justice, you really never know how they're going to rule when it comes to, to issues of the law, right? And the, the good thing is we're not here to declare the law, are we? And this coming from a legislator, right? What is that, what is my, my title mean I do? What's the definition of my title, legislator? It's lawgiver, right? Yuck. Why did I sign up for that, right? I'd rather be the grace giver, you know? I didn't come to bring the law, right? Jesus didn't come to, to beat us up with the law. He came to fulfill it on our behalf, didn't he? And he did it well, didn't he? Did he leave anything undone? Okay, well, we're finished. You guys, got, we're going to get out early today, right? You guys are easy, right? He didn't leave anything undone. But anyway, this case before the Supreme Court is, is how many know, who knows what it is? What's it, what's under, what's it question? Anybody know? The one I'm referring to. We, we think of it instantly as, as they're talking about gay marriage. What is the definition of marriage? Should, and, and be careful, what they're, they're asking uh, two basic questions, but they're, they're basically saying, should, this, should the government, now keep in mind this is the government, should the government recognize that, and should the states be forced to recognize it also? All right? And so we look at that and we see this culture battle, and we start pushing people into boxes, don't we? Christians, we're not called to push people into boxes. We're not called to judge people from their outward appearance or choices or behavior. So be careful here when we do this. So we're, we're called to, they, we push people into boxes automatically, which where are you? And everybody does this. I mean, it's just human nature. But what's really at question? What's going to be decided when it says? Because I think if you read in here, the Bible's very clear on what marriage is. I mean, it just is. From a biblical perspective, marriage, is, uh, it says they were created male and female, you know, and, that, and that's just how all that works. That's what marriage is. So the question becomes, before the court, what they're really going to say is, however they decide, um, and there's an indication of how they decide because they actually took up the case, right? You, you, you've got to keep that in mind. They took the case up on purpose because they want to make a statement. And so that's unfortunately how that court works and has worked for many years. It wasn't intended to work that way, but that's how it's going to work. So culturally, it's going to make a definition for us. But the question they're really going to say for us as a nation is, is what God says true, right? The question for each of us every single day is that same question, is what God says true? And so before we get all up on our high horse on this one particular issue, keep in mind, we challenge the Word of God in our lives every day when we deny Christ, when we deny the finished work of Christ in our lives. 
I mean, we all have favorite scriptures, I'm sure, right? Somebody give me one. Just so off the top of your head, you don't have to think about it too hard, because I have like five, I think. Anybody? Raise your hand. So I call it out. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm not a chapter and verse. Amen. Is that anybody else's favorite? Ryan? How about the one that my, my first favorite scripture was be anxious for nothing. It's right there in Ephesians 2. But in all things, right? Bring your request to God, right? And, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Now, guess what kind of time I was going through in my life when I, when I found that scripture and it, it connected my heart? Was I happy and things going great? No, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was fearful because I was not in control of my life and I wanted to be. And I incorrectly thought I should be. Right? But then I yielded to God. I said, what you said is true. What you said is true. This doesn't change. When we as a nation decide that this is, this is more of a commentary than truth, I think we're in trouble. Now, this is not new, folks. Go back. We used, this used to be the most used textbook in our schools. For 200-something years, this was what they used. Now, of course, there weren't all kinds of books, and there certainly wasn't the Internet, but this is what we taught our kids through and with, right? But in our lifetimes, except that young man back there, let me look and see age-wise, in most of our lifetimes, this, our Supreme Court ruled this had no place, no place in our schools. It's hard to imagine. In our lifetimes, on our watch, Reagan said, he said, we're just one, one generation away from losing all our freedoms. And guess what happens when you lose them? They don't come back, do they? I mean, honestly, you, do you think they just automatically come back? Now, that's what wars are fought over. That's what great wars are fought over. So, you know, the, the battle going on in the Supreme Court right now, and I pray that their minds be open. I pray that, the, that their understanding be enlightened, that they know that what they're about to rule on is not whether some civil, civic, you know, uh, uh, ceremony is this or that, but is what God says true. The answer has to be yes. It has to be yes, because if it's not true with regards to marriage, what else, what's next? What would be the next thing it's not true about? Well, every day we do it all the time, don't we? I mean, I, I told Pastor Clint a while back, I said, I'm going to come up with a top ten list of things Christians say that they shouldn't, right? And this is, this, so this is where all this comes back to us before we get so ex excited and righteous in our indignation about what's going on in our, in our nation. What's going on in our lives, right? When you drove to church today, all of creation looked at you, right? Was it Romans 8? In Romans it says, all of creation groans and travails, waiting for what? The sons of God to be revealed. So I'm driving down the road, and I'm looking, and I'm starting, and this, I probably will go off camera if I'm going to say this, because uh, people think I'm crazy. Um, but creation was expecting a son of God to be revealed. There was an expectation. An expectation isn't fear. Is it? I mean, it can be fear, but it's, this expectation is good. 
All of it's waiting for us to stand up and be what Christ made us to be. Not in the sweet by and by, right? Not, not somebody else is going to do it. Each and every one of us are the glory of God. We're called to be that, but we deny it in many ways. I'm not saying, I'm just saying this is where our lives get rough when we don't acknowledge that what God said is true. So what did he say about us? He, he said what we find in our, our favorite scriptures. He says those things to your heart. Do you wake in the morning? Do you wake in the morning and that's the first thing on your heart? Whereas what's on your heart is, oh, my back is, it's, what do we say? It's killing me. Oh, my word. Right? I mean, what does the scripture say? Out of the tongue, the tongue has the power of what? So this, so this first thing out of your mouth, that morning, you're laying in bed and you start to roll over and it goes, oh, my, my. And so is the thing, my back is killing me. Is that how you start your day? No. What's beautiful about my mornings, and I thank God for this, this is not, I don't think it's a work of my flesh, but it's something about the Spirit of God and the calmness of the morning. I don't know if anybody else is like this, but in those, right when I come to consciousness, when I come to that awake state, there's, there's God flowing in. I, I mean, just the Word is just coming into my head and my heart. Does anybody else do that? I mean, and so I say it. I will make a just I'll, I'll say those things that he brings to my heart and they're always they're always good is, is it ever bad does God ever say anything to tear you down in the morning he never does so it's a great way to start because it empowers you but if you start with it my back's killing me or back when I was a kid I think I use this oftentimes as a kid nobody loves me I don't know why. I, every time my parents got mad at me, my parents keep that in mind. My, I, nobody loves me. And my son kind of does that. Don't film this, honey. Um, <laughs> but right? We say some pretty crazy things that are totally contrary to the Word of God. Stop. Just quit. As Clint would say, stop that. <laughs> Just stop it. All right? Stop it. Shouldn't we remember who we are isn't that what the song encourages us to do remember you know that and then that brings up the other thing it is the curse of man some famous philosopher said it is the curse of man to forget do you think we forget easily do you see how many of those big new suburbans are on the road these people have forgotten how much gas is about to cost again haven't they it's going to be for something a gallon and if not because of the oil price, because the state of Georgia decides we're going to tax you that much on it, okay? And we did decide to raise your taxes on uh, gas, and I'm sorry about that. I voted no. I voted red on that, and they had to get a lot of other support because there was a bunch of us who didn't think that was the right thing to do at, the right, at this time. But people forget, don't they? That was, it wasn't that long ago when you couldn't sell a Suburban if you had one. You couldn't give it away. Nobody wanted it. I mean... It was just a few years, wasn't it, folks? It's, look at us. We just forget lights out. And they, I mean, they keep making them bigger and bigger. And number one selling vehicle in the country is a big truck, right? And the Suburbans aren't far behind. They look nice, but that's a whole other story. So we have our favorite scriptures, and I, ha I have a bunch of them. 
But uh, these are the things that should stir our hearts. When the questions come to us, when the days seem a little tougher than they should be, are we going to say what God said is true? Are we going to let what the outside world or what our senses tell us? Right? Are we just going to do that? What do we tend to do? I know sometimes, I mean, it's okay. I mean, you could, we just fess up that are we reflecting the glory of God? I think St. Arrhenius said it. He said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Who's heard that before? That's a very, think about that. The glory of God is man fully alive. That means man being everything God created him or her to be. Can you see the trees cheering when you're that? They're, they're, it's like they would thrive within that environment. All of creation groans and travails waiting for you to do what Jesus paid for you to do. Clint asked a question. I started out with this. Clint asked a question the other day, and it just hit me when, uh, two weeks ago, I think, when he was preaching. He said, did Jesus get, and I, this is how I heard it, so keep in mind when y'all paraphrase everything I said today, it may or may not be 100% accurate of what was trying to come out of here. But what I heard in my heart when Clint said this was, did Jesus get everything he paid for in your life? Talking to me. I, I wouldn't look, it didn't go anywhere else. I didn't look around the room. I didn't wonder, oh, well, he's not getting it out of her life and not out of his life. Did Jesus get everything he paid for when he purchased my life? You know, you're no longer your own, right? That's what the scripture says. We're a purchased possession of God. So he paid a price. He esteemed a value first. There was a value to it. God decided it was worth paying, right? And he paid it. It wasn't a down payment. It wasn't layaway, right? There, there, it wasn't just a deposit. It wasn't interim payments that only worked well as long as you kept performing well, was it? It was complete and total propitiation. Total. So, we know that's true. We all agree with that. I'm getting a lot of this is going on, right? So what does that mean? I think that all of creation, rightfully so, should expect us to be revealed, right? Because what will that do to the world around us? What would our Supreme Court justices look like? I don't mean in appearance, but in here. If the sons of God were revealed. What would our leaders look like if the sons of God were revealed? Our leaders are but a reflection of our culture. You know that, right? We don't like to think that, but they, you know, it's a popularity contest, and it's a little, little complicated, but essentially that's where we are, right? So we have to look. When the question comes to us, is what this says true? Is it true in your life? Is it true in my life? Does what he says about you make you brave? Does he call you out of the boat? Every one of us, doesn't he? Does he call you to the waves? Right? He does. We don't have to know what all that looks like. It's usually just right beyond your next fear. Isn't it? Whatever payments do, whatever money's not coming in, whatever person's just so mean to you, you can't stand it, you know, and it's all their fault. You know, he's right calling you right beyond that. Don't get hung up there. 
Don't get stuck there because within this wonderful document we call the Bible, these words that are committed to us, and if you, you know, it's real easy. Culturally, I think our young people are starting to think this is irrelevant. Do you get that impression? Why? Because our leaders have shown it to be irrelevant. I remember as a young child, I gotta be mindful of the time, um, as a young child, when I was, and, and we, this generation's that generation Reagan was talking about. So don't let that be heavy on you, but just know the times. Know where we are. We're the ones about to lose liberty. Okay? But I remember we lived in Tennessee at the time, and this is, this is rather profound that this even stuck in my mind. But we were driving, and I could probably show you the place in the road. When I heard on the radio, and you remember the old radios? We had this station wagon. You remember station wagons, right? There's a reason they don't make them anymore, right? <laughs> this thing was a beast, and it was ugly, right? But my dad thought it was the coolest thing. But the buttons on the radio, you really had to have a little bit of thumb strength to push them. And then that dial, would, it would move over, you know, the little wires inside would move. I mean, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen? All right, thank you. That's how old you are. Thank you. All right, so we're listening on the radio, and I hear... President Nixon quit. I'm just a child. But there was, a, there was something in the order of my life. As I looked at life in my little paradigm of the world, there was something about authority. There was something about order. And keep in mind, folks, our, our whole government, our whole authority, our whole structure is based on Christian principles. It really is. The separation of powers, right, legislative, judicial, executive, that's a God thing. The good thing with God is he's all three, right? And that works because he's perfect. But because man's imperfect, we needed to break it up. And it's a good thing. And the problem is we always want to try to bring it together. And when it does, bad things happen, such as this past legislative session, okay? But, so I'm driving down the road, and as a young child, my whole paradigm gets undermined. The president quit? He was a lie. He, he, he did something wrong. I mean, in my mind, I had no idea what Watergate was. I didn't quite get it. But there was a break in. There was, there was something was done that was illegal. And he had the moral compunction, at least, to quit. Do you think a politician would quit today because of that? They probably think they ought to get an award. Right? But that was, that was one chink. And so, my my respect for authority at least then was almost reinforced because he had the moral capacity to quit and recognize he didn't have the moral authority to lead right but go forward 20 years and we have a president who did something wrong and is very public and but the, the result of that was very different wasn't it he didn't quit. And so in my mind, in my heart, things started, you, you feel the shift. So is it any wonder that our kids are, are losing respect for authority? And now some of our leaders ignore the very framework of our government, the constitutional boundaries, the separations of power. They don't mean anything. This doesn't mean anything. When we as a nation, and thank God, God relates to us individually, amen? Who say amen? 
You aren't you glad God doesn't relate to you based on what Donald does or not? That may be a good thing in many of our cases, but right? But you don't want God to relate to you, and I'm just picking on you, brother. Um, you don't want God to relate to you based on anyone else other than Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's how he does. But as a nation, we're kind of in this cultural collective. I mean, I call it the world's biggest homeowners association, right? It's just what it is. And, and the Constitution is just the bylaws. Anybody live in a neighborhood and the, and the homeowners association people have lost their mind, right? You can't have a balloon in your yard, or you can't you can't have a you can, you can't have a you can't have a flag on your mailbox or some nonsense like that. And God forbid you would actually put a political sign in your yard, do do right? They'll bring out the police and get you. But that's all that's all the Constitution is. It's a set of rules. It's our great homeowners association for America. But as a body, if we agree. And we've given judges the power to make this proclamation over us if we agree that this is no longer valid. If it's, if it's broken in one part, shouldn't that, wouldn't it be reasonable to assume it's broken in many? Right? That's a very undermining of, as a nation, who we are. And I think, as a nation, what's led us down the path of great success. It's because, you know, the, the scriptures tells us all things are permissible, but they're not all beneficial. They're not all good, right? God gave us the commandments as great ideas about good living, right? Do this and it'll go well with you. We talked about it with mother. You honor your mother and father. It will go well with you. So it is. It's a prescription, a prescription for successful living because God ordered things a certain way, didn't he? He just did. You don't see an oak tree trying hard to be a maple tree. You don't. And they don't labor too much to, to just drop those acorns all the time, do they? Should we be any different? You know, all the creation is glorious and it, it magnifies God. We're the pinnacle of his creation. Shouldn't we magnify him the best? And I, I see it. I, I saw it with the worship team this morning. They, they magnified God. I, I mean, I was drawn closer to him through the, through the meditations of their heart, the choice of song, and their, uh, the whole world should get to experience that kind of what we call worship. That's just, that's just music. But is not every moment of our lives out in the real world a point of worship? It's a point of proclamation for who God is, is it not? So let us remember... Let us remember who we are in Christ. Let us be mindful that we are complete. Does anyone lack anything? Did you wake up thinking that this morning? Or were you already counting your lack? It's challenging sometimes, friends. I encourage you. Align yourselves with the truth of God. That's what humility is, isn't it? <laughs> there's, there's two opinions in the world at least in each of our worlds, right? There's God's opinion, and it's reflected in his word, right? And then there's our opinion. And in our ever-changing world, this is starting to dominate, isn't it? Have you noticed that many of our younger, well, forget our younger crowd, many of us are egocentric. 
That means we think the whole universe revolves around us. Do you notice that? And it's disturbing when we see it in, our, in young people, when that's the prevalent culture. When they, don't, when they walk through a door and there's a lady two steps behind them and they don't even turn around. Do you ever see it? And it's just the small things, but it shows an erosion that's allowed our young people to think this is irrelevant because we as the body of Christ have not shown his glory because we haven't appropriated his word rightfully in our lives because we wake up and we say my back is killing me I can't do anything right nobody loves me the culture of me there, there, there should be the culture of God. Je, the Jesus, the, it was said of Jesus that the government shall be upon his shoulders. There's a righteous government, and it reflects God's glory. And so we don't lose hope, do we? Right? We should have that same earnest expectation. When I look out, I, I, I see it. I, I'm just, I see it in each of your faces. Well, most all of you. But that you... I can just see God just on the brink of a full revelation. And, it, and it's, it's the word like, what was hidden is now seen. It's visible. And I'll watch it in your lives, and I love to see it. Don't you love to see it? Do you ever come across people and you, you, you know you just watched Christ be radiated through a life? You know? I remember in my younger days when I'd come across people like that, and I wasn't uh, very developed in my Christian faith, I didn't know what I just saw. I wasn't sure, but I knew it was good, didn't I? So let's be that. Before we get all worked up about what others are going to do and how they define our culture, we honestly, folks, we're letting them make that choice because we have failed. And this isn't condemnation, but we're not being everything God's allowed us to be, are we? Not every day. Maybe we have those good days. But be encouraged. It says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. It means to be changed. It's like, I think the, the Greek word's metamorphic, you know, something along the metamorphosis. Be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. What? To new age thinking? To progressive thinking? to some new, you know, seven habits of highly effective people, right? Nothing wrong with some of that stuff, but all the good stuff all comes from here, I'm telling you folks. Most of it's in Proverbs, right? Right? Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, by bringing it into subjection, bring everything into subjection of Christ. Amen? And then all things are possible, are they not? Who can be against us if God be for us? If you haven't been saturated in Scripture today, I can't quote a chapter and verse, forgive me, and, um, but you heard it in song. Did you see, if you looked at the words, did you see the heart of God through and through and through? And I hope today that your heart's heard. I think in Job, uh, you know, the, Job is the book... It's the hammer of the Bible. Oh, yes, fix you, fix you, fix you. Who, how dare you? It's not, that, it's not that at all. It's actually a very remarkable story. But it says, if you use your tongue for tasting, don't you use your ears to select what you hear? 
Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I mean, we're good at the tasting. Who's good at tasting? Y'all are already probably thinking about lunch, aren't you? That's just, you're just thinking about what's for lunch. But shouldn't we be selective? He who has an ear, let him hear. The revealed truth of a glorious, mighty God who loved you so much, he purchased you at the cross, and he made you alive in the resurrection for eternity. He says, you will be conformed to the image of Christ. Yield to that truth. Acknowledge it every morning in your life. And walk in the blessings and fullness of God. I guarantee you will change your world. And boy, if this is, this is all we need, right? It'll change the world. Can God work in the hearts of those people in the Supreme Court? Can He work in the hearts of the 500 and some odd elected officials up in Washington? Sure he can, if they'll be selective of what they hear, if they'll renew their mind and be transformed. Amen? Is that going to be your, your do this week? Do next week? Do at lunch when your steak comes out burnt? Right? You're going to walk in love? Love is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. And that's what's so interesting about it. Do you feel hope rise? Do you feel, anytime you think about the kingdom, and Jesus went to a lot of, lot of, through a lot of parables, talked about what the kingdom of God was like. And what he was telling us, this is how you operate. This is how it all works. The seed time and harvest and the expectation. Who's planted a seed for the kingdom of God? Every one of you I know has. I bet you have, right? I got a letter in the Senate the other day. I shared it with my daughter. And I got a letter from an eighth grader, a young eighth grade lady. And in that letter, I, the, the whole eighth grade class was required by their, um, four, no, let me, let me change that. I talked to the teacher. There's like 90 in the class. I got 20 some odd letters, right? So it was extra credit. So you see how many folks wanted the extra credit. I guess the other 80 didn't need, or 70 didn't need extra credit. But I got a bunch of letters, very well written. They shared a little bit about themselves. They asked questions, very interesting questions for eighth graders. And one of them took time to comment that they knew my daughter and that she was the reason she found Christ. And you've planted those seeds, folks. So expect expect God to do what he promised to do will that seed grow it will just keep planting seeds we'll change our nation because we're going to plant the seeds of life and it'll transform and all of creation will quit travailing and quit groaning and it will rejoice because God is revealed once again in the earth amen amen bless y'all bless y'all